Hello, Praise Chapel Paramount. This is Pastor Omar Lopez. Welcome to our podcast. This past weekend, I talked about faith and the future. And I talked about the book of James, about two men making a business transaction, about them going to a place and making money. One of the things they failed to do is they never included God in their plans. And I believe that's what faith really is, is that we make sure that we include God in our plans, that we're not presumptuous about tomorrow, but that we know God is involved in every plan that we make. And so make sure when we have put our faith in God, that God's involved in every plan that we have. Praise the Lord. We welcome all of you. You can be seated. We appreciate your giving and your liberality to the Lord. We're glad you're here. Are you glad you're in the house of God? All right. Turn it to one thing. You're in the right place at the right time right now. I honestly believe that today. We welcome all of you. We're glad you're here. Welcome those that are watching online. And uh, we appreciate uh, just a wonderful presence of the Lord. I can feel uh, his presence here and the joy that is in this house. And we're going to finish our series here that we've been talking about, Faith Without Walls. Have you enjoyed the series so far? I really have. And uh, today is going to be our last message that I'm going to be ministering on Faith Without Walls. And actually, the title of this message, if you're looking for a title, is Faith and Our Future. And we've been talking about faith, the different elements of faith, and how God enlarges our faith. There are different uh, things that we have to, different hurdles when it comes to faith. Faith and temptation. We've been talking about faith and patience. Remember the one on faith and patience? We talked about faith in others last week and how we're supposed to treat other people. We talked about faith, fireproof faith, right? Faith in the fire. And we talked about real faith. You know, faith without works is what? Dead. And this morning, we're talking about faith and our future. Well, how does our future uh, look with our faith? And people today are always wondering about the future, they're always thinking about the future. And, and people, even in America, especially in America, people are always wondering, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next year? What's going to happen in the next decade? What's going to happen in the next century? How's the, uh, you know, the future? And people are constantly preoccupied about the future. It's amazing how many different kinds of things that we're preoccupied. We want to know what the weather, you know, the next five days. You want to know what the weather is in the next five minutes, right? You want to know what things are going to happen. Uh, and people are into the future. I, I'm always amazed by all of these uh, psychic uh, places that you see, you know, a psychic thing, you can come in and all this. I'm thinking, if they knew the future, they would all win the lottery. They'd be all millionaires. Uh, and so these people go to these psychic things. Uh, uh, they go to tea leaves and fortune cookies, astrology, like I said, palm reading. People are into looking into the future, economic future, economic predictions, uh, what's the economy going to look like. And so what is the Christian viewpoint when it comes to faith about our future. And believe it or not, the book of James really gives us a perspective on how we're to face our future when it comes to faith. And he gives us a few warnings. He gives us a few warnings that a lot of people, they make these mistakes when it comes to our faith and when it comes to facing the future. And there's a number of things that he kind of gives us. And he gives us a great illustration here in the book of James chapter 4, verse 13. And we get to drop in 
on a conversation between two businessmen, and he uses that as an illustration to give us a picture of how a lot of people look at their future and what they do when it comes to planning. So let's just look at this verse, and then we're going to dive into this message, James chapter 4, verse 13. It says, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, we will spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. So let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to help us as we get ready to minister this message. So Father, we thank you today, Lord, that uh, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. God, you're in charge today. And Lord, we always say you're large and in charge. And God, today I pray that your word would minister to every single person in this building, that the word of God would come alive, that God, your word is relevant, that it applies in 2020, that God is not old-fashioned, it's not outdated, but the word of God applies right now. And so, Father, open our heart, open our spiritual eyes, God, our spiritual heart. Because so many things are so clouded, God, with so much that's going on in our world today that we can't hear your voice, that we can't hear the spiritual things that you're trying to speak to us in. So I pray, God, as I minister the word, that you would anoint every word that I say, that the people would hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said, so when you read this verse of scripture at a glance, you may say, well, what's wrong? What's going on here? Uh, these, these sound like two entrepreneurs that are go-getters. They want to make things happen. They say, hey, we're going to go to this city. We're going to do some business here. And they kind of give us the detail of their business plan. And when you read it, you say, man, there's not, uh, there's not a whole lot wrong here. They're making a lot of plans. They're talking about today or tomorrow. They're talking about in this city or that city, how long we're going to be there. We're going to spend a year there. What are we going to do there? We're going to do business there. We're going to make some money. And so there's nothing wrong with what they're doing. I mean, the Bible doesn't condemn people making a legitimate profit. The Bible doesn't condemn people doing business. In fact, when I read it, in my opinion, this sounds like a very good uh, business decision that they're making here. And the Bible tells us, in fact, that, you know, planning is good. How many know that making a plan is good? There's nothing wrong with making plans. These guys are making plans. They're planning out their purpose, what they're going to do. And so there's nothing wrong with what they're doing. But there's a couple of mistakes here when you start reading between the lines and you read the rest of the verse of Scripture. You'll find some common mistakes that people make. And a lot of us are making the same mistake. And the first one, write it down. In this particular one, James is saying we make our mistake in our faith when we are planning, making planning, or we're planning things without God. There's not a single mention of God in this series of the business transaction they're talking about. They don't talk about God at all. They're just saying we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And really what James begins to talk about in this chapter is we should be checking with God first. We should be asking God, what do you have? What do you want? Because again, the Bible talks about planning. It said before you even build a house, you need to count the cost. You need to plan that out. The book of Proverbs is all about planning out your life and taking care of your affairs and doing all of those things. So there's nothing, plan there's nothing wrong with planning. But there is something wrong when you're planning and you're presuming things without God. 
You have all these dreams and all these goals, but the presumption is that, you know what, you're going to just do what you want to do, and as long as you include God, then there's nothing wrong with it. But I tell you what, if you're making all these plans and God's not included, you're, you're, you're headed down the wrong path. Because there's no mention of God in their planning. They forgot about God. And James is talking about this self-sufficient attitude where people are just dependent upon their own ingenuity, their own planning, their own wisdom, but God's not involved in it. And I'm getting somewhere, so stay with me, folks. There was an article years ago by a guy by the name of Alexander Saul. He wrote this for the Reader's Digest Article And he wrote this. Uh, he says, since I have spent well near 50 years working on the history of the Rev- uh, Russian Revolution. So he was working on this history about, about Russia. He said, in the process, he said, I've collected hundreds of personal testimonies. I've read hundreds of books. He said, in fact, I've contributed eight volumes of my own. But... If I were to ask today to formulate precisely as the possible main cause of the ruin of the revolution that swallowed up some 60 million Russians, I could not put it more accurately than to repeat this phrase, men have forgotten God. What is more, if I were called upon to identify the principal trait of the entire 20th century, I would be unable to reflect anything more precise than the statement, men have forgotten God. So he says, when I've done the history of Russia, even if I was to do the history of the entire 20th century, one of the things I can tell you, there's been a lot of progress, but there's been one problem, men have forgotten God. And what James is talking about is that you can be a believer and you can forget all about God in your daily life. You can get so preoccupied in your planning and yet God's not involved in it. And and believe it or not, it's hard to say this, but you can be a Christian atheist. What is a Christian atheist? I know a lot of people that love God. They talk about Jesus, but when it comes to planning, God's not involved. When it comes to planning their business, when it comes to planning their career, when it comes to planning their education, where they're going to live, they are practical atheists. God's not involved. God is not involved at all in their planning. I mean, it is sad to meet someone that doesn't believe in God. It's sad to meet an atheist, but it's even more sadder to find someone who say they believe in him, but they act like he doesn't exist. And I know a lot of Christians like that. They, it's like God's not involved in any of their planning, in any of their forecasts. Uh, they're making all of the plans, uh, but God is not involved. Uh, and yet they are people of faith. And they say, well, no, you know, I don't mix my business with my faith. Man, God needs to be all of your business. Amen. He needs to be everything you're about. And so here's the problem again. Uh, 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 we're, we're making this mistake, this presumption that, you know what, we can plan things without God. Now, what's the solution? The solution is get God involved. This is what James said. The very next verse, look at what, I'm, what he said. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this and we will do that. 
Have you ever, have you realized that all of your man's plans, man, no matter what you plan, you don't have control of your plan. Things can change in a minute. Things can fall apart just like that. And James would say, you ought to be saying, instead, if it's God's will, if this was what God wants me to do. Because man's plan will never turn into what God wants it to be. Most of man's plans fall apart. There, there's a law that's called, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. How many have ever heard of Murphy's Law? Murphy's Law says if anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. Murphy's Law, law says if, it's, if there's a possibility of several things going wrong, and the one thing that will cause the most damage, that's the very thing that will go wrong. It says if anything just cannot go wrong, it will go wrong anyway. They have Murphy's Law of Love. It says all the good ones are taken. If the person isn't taken, there is a reason. If there seems to be too good, too good to be true, it probably is. Murphy's call law, a car law. It says this, no matter how well kept, how well you keep your car up, you will develop an oil leak. If you're working under the hood of your car and you drop something, it will roll in the middle of the car just out of reach. They said your kid will fall asleep in the car five minutes before you arrive to your destination. Murphy's People Law. I love this one. It says people are always available for work in the past tense. You should have called me. I would have helped, right? You ever notice that after you do a project? Why didn't you call me? I was available. Never get into fights with ugly people. They have nothing to lose. <laughs> no one, believe me, I thought that was funny too. No one, <laughs> never get into a fight with ugly people. No one is listening until you make a mistake. Isn't that true? There's a lot of times too. It's, 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 it's crazy. I usually don't get a comment in my sermon, but if I make a mistake, I say something wrong, I say, Pastor, you said this. Is that, that all you heard? Is that all you heard in the last five years? You said this. You said that wrong. You said that wrong. So life, basically, they're saying that life is a big if. I mean, life could be iffy. Could you notice in the middle of the word life is that word if? If, if. But see, planning with, without God is the presumption. What, is, what does it mean to be presumptuous? It means to be overconfident. It means to take, taking le- liberties and overstepping bounds in an arrogant way. You're presuming a lot when you're making decisions on your own without God. You are arrogant. You think you got it together. You think you're in control. But you can fi- you're going to find out real quick you're not in control as much as you think you are. You think you got all your bases covered. You're presumptuous. And this is exactly what James is saying. Is if you're a person of faith, you're not supposed to be so presumptuous. You're not supposed to be overlooking God. You need to start your future with God in it. I said you need to start your future with God in it. God, what do you want me to do? It's like you're planning without any prayer. It's presumptuous. He says, he says this, you ought to be saying, if the Lord will. Now, it's not saying to make it a, 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 you know, a cliche, if God will. You know, don't forget to say if God will. No, he's talking about an attitude. 
He's talking about a mindset, not, no, well, you forgot to say God's will. No, no, no. He's talking about a mindset. In other words, that the person that knows that when they made their planning, they considered God in their plans. They prayed about it, and they knew in their heart, it's up to you, God. If this pleases you, this is the decision that I'd like to make, but I want to make sure, God, this lines up with your will. I want to make sure, God, that you're involved. That I'm not working independently. That I'm not working out of my own selfishness. And I'm not working out of my own preference. But God, this is actually your will. This is what you have for my life. I'm praying about it. I'm seeking God. I'm getting counsel. Are you hearing me? I'm getting good direction. I'm not working independently. I'm not trying to do my own thing. I want God's will. Somebody say amen. See, there are three possibilities to God's will. Or three responses to God's will. You can make a reference to it. There's a lot of people that make reference. They acknowledge, yeah, I admit that, you know, God's will's there, and I can acknowledge, I reference it. Uh, number two, they use the word prefer- or de- deference, which really means I respect God's will for my life. It's a deference. You can respond in deference or reference, or you can respond in preference. More than anything in my life, I want the will of God. God, I want your plan for my life. See, if there's anything I want in my life, I want to be in the center of God's will. That's, that's my mission in life. God, am I in the center of your will? Am I doing what is pleasing you? Because, see, when we make plans without God, it's not going, it's not going to prosper, man. We're not going to be very, it may be successful for a time. But when God's not in it, it's not going to last. Look at what it says in Proverbs 16.1. We make our plans, but God has the final word. Or the last word. It said Proverbs 69. We should make plans counting on God. What? To direct us. So let me just say this to you believers. You Christians. Stop praying for God to bless what you're doing. When you didn't pray about it to begin with. There's a lot of us. We're doing stuff. And then we want God to bless it. Pastor can you pray over this thing. You never, you, you never even saw God for it. You're doing something. And you want God to bless it afterwards. You never asked God. Instead of praying God help me. To do what you're blessing. Or instead of saying we ought to be praying. God help me to do what you're blessing. Instead of help me bless what I'm doing. Help me to do what you're blessing. Help me to do what you want me to do. Lord help me to find what you have. And Lord I want your blessing. I don't want you to bless my plan. I don't want you to bless what I'm doing. I want, to, I want you to bless what you're doing. Somebody say amen. The second mistake. Are you ready for this? Is that we make our mistake in our faith. When we're presuming about tomorrow. You're thinking tomorrow is always going to be there. I, I, I meet so many people. They are so presumptuous about tomorrow they just think they're going to live forever they just assume or presume that you know life is going to last forever they're going to be here next year they're taking for granted that i got the rest of my life and and they're not even considering their soul and who god is in james chapter uh, 4 here verse 14 it says why why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow you don't even know. You ever heard that statement? You don't even know. Why well, was in the Bible before you made it up? You don't even know, man. You don't even know right now. It says, what is your life? Well, what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist 
that appears for a little while. You ever see a little mist, your coffee cup, the little mist, little mist in the air for a little while, and then vanishes, poof. As it is, you boast and brag, all such boasting is evil. See, there's a couple of reasons why we should not presume about the future and assume that we got tomorrow. Number one, again, life is unpredictable. It says you don't even know. None of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. None of us know what's going to happen in the next minute. None of us know what's going to happen in the next second. Am I right? I mean, a number of things could happen. A plane can land and hit this, this building. I'm not saying it's going to happen. A semi could come right through here. We have no idea. Weirdest things have happened. I mean, you just don't know. Well, we could have an earthquake. I hope it doesn't happen, but it can be an earthquake right now. This whole place can be shaking. You have no idea. Right? I mean, we're presuming a lot. I'm not going to say any more, but man, a war could start, right? A virus could happen. We just don't know. Oh, it already has happened right now. You have no idea. The economy could turn around. It's already turning around. Who knows, you know? Your friends could leave you. People you love can leave you. People you love can die on you. None of us know what's going to happen. Life is unpredictable. Even in your business, you don't have any idea. Some of you that work on commission, you have no idea. It could be feast or famine. You have no idea about the profit, how much money. You don't know if you'll have a job tomorrow. I've met people, they showed up to the job. There was locks on it. We had no warning, they said. We didn't have any idea. I got handed, you know, or you went to the job and you, were, you got handed a pink slip. I told you about my story. I remember I went to work and, the, uh, you know, they were laying people off. And they gave me my check right before Thanksgiving. And at the bottom in the memo, it said, happy holidays. How's that? Boy, that's, man, happy holidays. Yeah, those are your last paycheck. Thank you, man. I'm going to have a great holiday now. See, you don't know what's going to happen from the next day or from one day to the next. You don't realize. You have, you're presuming life is unpredictable. Now, I'm not saying this so it could frighten you. I'm not saying this to worry you. I'm saying it because it ought to cause you to trust God more. It ought to cause you to put God in your plan a little bit. It ought to force you to depend on God. I believe that's exactly what James is saying when it comes to our faith. It ought to cause you to depend on God more instead of trying to do your own thing. Second thing you read there is life is brief. How many know it's temporary? It says there, uh, you are a myth. The word myth is the Greek word for atmos, where we get the word atmosphere. And so basically he's saying your life is the fog. It's like rolls in in the morning and it burns off by noon. You ever notice that? You ever been driving and all of a sudden, man, it's so foggy. And, 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 you know, if you've been driving on a road somewhere and all of a sudden it's foggy. And then before you know it, man, the sun breaks through and you forget all about the fog. You forgot you're just enjoying the day. But it was there one, one minute and gone the neck. It dissipated just like that. That's how your life is. You think you're going to last forever. Your life is like a fog. Your life is a mist. That, I'm just being honest. In fact, there are several places in the Bible that says that your life is like a leaf, a grass, a shadow, a cloud, a puff of smoke, a vapor. We're one heartbeat away from eternity. I'm just being honest with you. People don't think about life this way, but life is brief. We think, man, life is going to last forever. Life is short. 
from the Hot Wheels to the wheelchair. I'm sorry to say it that way. One guy said it this way, said it more harsher, from diapers to dignity to decay. Well, that's pretty hard. I'm just telling you the reality. Life is short. We're not going to last forever. And you don't know when you're going to die. Man, you have no idea. That's what James is saying. When you're making plans without God, you're being presumptuous. And you don't realize that life is brief. It's just like that. A puff of smoke. It's vapor. You need to get God involved. Then it's even Isaiah. I love the way Isaiah says, Isaiah chapter 56, verse 12. It says, come, each one cries, let us drink and fill our beer. And tomorrow will be like today or even better. How many people, how many, how many know people like this? This kind of added, let's party. Oh, cake party. Yeah, let's get drunk. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's live it up. That's, what, that's kind of what these business guys are saying. Hey, let's go do business, you know, let's go do this. We're, we're going to party in Jerusalem. And, and James says, that's a dumb attitude. You have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. You're presuming about all these things. You, you don't know how long you're going to live. You don't know what's going to happen. Proverbs 27, 1 said, don't boast about tomorrow, for you don't know what a day may bring forth. This is words of wisdom. You, you need to get some understanding, man. And, and, and I, I try to tell people all the time, you're announcing all these plans. You're making all these goals. You're saying all these things. And God's not in it. I'm going to make money here. I'm going to go on vacation here. I'm going to do that here. How many know one pandemic changed everything? Just like that. 2020 plans went down the drain, didn't they? Yeah, I think I said this, that 2020 was the person, his name was Judas. I'm telling you, he betrayed us, didn't he? 2020 betrayed us, man. It's like, what happened? I thought, oh, I had all these goals and all these statements of faith. So what makes the difference? What makes the difference when you're planning and you're, and, you're, and you're making plans and you have goals, what makes the difference is your motive. You've got to make sure that God is involved. There's nothing wrong with having gold. There's nothing wrong with having, uh, looking toward the future. But if God's not involved, if your motive is just about you, it's going to go down the drain. And this is what Jesus even says this in Matthew 6.34. So don't be so anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. I love that version. Live one day at a time. See, the future can be overwhelming, but you got to take it one bite size at a time a 24-hour segment some people they they're living for tomorrow they forget all about today you know the good old days is going to be 15 years from now you are living the good old days right now you're saying no there's no way yeah you're going to look back at those are the good old days in the pandemic yeah you're going to say man i remember you get this this happened all these different things because we're always thinking about the future that we forget about the present Life is what's happening right now in the present. What's going on right now around you? And if you're making plans without God, you're presuming about tomorrow. And friend, you're always thinking about next week, next year, the next five years that you forget all about today and what God's trying to do in your life right now. There was a guy that wrote this book. His name was Spencer Johnson. He wrote the book called The One Minute Manager. And then he, mo he wrote another book called The Perfect Present. And he talked about the present is the present. It's the gift. And he said, that's all I have, he said. Not next hour, not next month, not yesterday. Because, but I got the right now. He said, today is the present. It is the gift.
Just because, again, the future is uncertain, just because the future we don't know, all of those things, doesn't mean we're supposed to be sad. Again, it needs to draw us closer to God. And we need to appreciate the present more than anything else. It ought to motivate you to trust God even more. It ought to motivate you to put your faith in God in an even greater way and say, God, I thank you for the present. I thank you for what you're doing right now. God, I know you hold the future, God, but I thank you that I'm in the house of God. I'm worshiping you. I'm praising you. I'm giving you glory. It may not be the best circumstances. It may not be what I want it all to be. But, man, I'm alive. I'm breathing. I'm worshiping you, God. I give you praise and honor today. David said it this way in Psalms 35, 15. Lord, my days are in your hand. Commit your days to God. Say, God, my life is in your hand. My plans are in your hand. God, I'm not going to make plans without you. And the third thing, are you ready for this? Common mistake in our faith is we're putting off doing good for another day. We're putting it off doing good. We're just saying, oh, I'll do good another day. Right now, I'm just going to take care of me. It's going to be me time. It's going to be I time. Are you ever heard people say that? And we forget that there's some good that be, needs to be done right now, not tomorrow. Listen to me. There's a lot of people that say, well, at least I'm not doing this. At least I'm not doing this thing or that thing. Look at what the scripture says in James chapter 4, verse 17. Anyone then who knows the, do, who knows the good he ought to do and he's not doing it, what? Is sin. James is talking about an issue of procrastination. I'm intending to do this. I want to do this. I'm aiming to do this. Why don't you pull the trigger and do something? There's a lot, lot of people, even in church, I want to do this. I want to go do good here. I'll do that, and you're not doing anything. The Bible says if you know to do good and you're not doing it, it's sin. You're in sin. You're in sin just doing nothing. Did you know that? We're always pointing at other people. If you're doing nothing, you're already in sin. I'm preaching better than you're even clapping today. The word of God. So don't blame me. Blame Jane. Blame the Bible. It says, this is, I picked up a quote. It says, procrastination is my sin. It only caused, it is only caused my, it, uh, let me read it again. Procrastination is my sin. It only caused me sorrow. I know I ought to change my way. In fact, I will tomorrow. There's a lot of people that do that. Oh, I intend to do good. I intend to serve God. I intend to get right. I, I intend to get my life right. And just because you know the right thing to do, but you don't do it, the Bible says it is sin. See, lots of time when we define sin, we define it with evil activity. We often say, oh, yeah, that's a sin, cheating, murdering, adultery, uh, lying. It is. Those, th- those things are sin. They are the sin of commission. But then they're the sin of omission. The thing that you're not doing that you should be doing. It said, to him that knows to do good and doesn't do it, it is sin. I can sin doing nothing at all the same way you can Because there are things you ought to be doing, and you're not doing them. And this is what a lot of people do today. We have have the external packed down, don't we? We, The external is all packed down. Man, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't cuss, I don't chew, I don't go around with girls that do. We have all of that down. I have all those things down. We have all the external things down. But then you forget all about God in your life. 
And you're not doing the good that you should be doing. I know a lot of Christians, man, they're, they're into the do's and don'ts. But, but friend, what, what, what are you doing with those things you, you should be doing? You have the don'ts down. Oh, I don't do this. I don't do that. But again, what about the things that you should be doing? Well, someday I'm going to do this. Someday, I, you know, some, that someday, when are you going to get serious with God? When are you going to get serious with God? I remember a pastor before, before he became a pastor, I, I finally, I just got bold. I don't do this often, okay, guys? But, I, but he'd been coming to my church a while. I knew God's call was on his life. And it's him and his wife. And I just finally said, when are you going to finally get serious with God, man? And he was like shocked. I said, really? I go, talk to me when you're going to get serious with God. And about a year later, I've just seen a big change in his life after that conversation. I don't do that often, okay, guys? But, but I just felt strongly that day that I was just going to finally confront him. I just knew the call of God was on him, but he wasn't doing what he should be doing. And he got right with God and pastoring. Thank God. Amen. God, God does that sometimes, right? A lot of you, one of these days, I'm going to get serious with God. One of these days, I'm going to get committed. What about today? Proverbs 3.27, do not withhold good from those who deserve it. When it is in your power to act, do not say to your neighbor, come back later, I'll give it tomorrow, when you now have it today. So it's saying, do it right now. See, there's three ways you can invest your life. You can spend it, you can waste it, or you can invest it. There's a lot of people that are wasting their time watching television, doing, I'm not saying television is bad, but there's some of you guys that are vegging out. You guys, man, that's all you do on the control game. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your money. You're wasting your life. And then there's those that are spending it. You're trying to acquire this, acquire that. Or you can invest it the best of your life right now that's going to outlast you and outlive you. That's what I want to do with my life. I want to invest my life. Jim Elliott, a famous missionary who died very young, he said this. He is no fool who gives up that which he cannot keep for that which he cannot lose. So you cannot, you're not a fool if you give up what you can't keep. But man, I'm telling you, those things that you cannot lose, that's eternal. You know, two, two things that are going to last forever. Are you with me? The word of God and people, your soul. That's going to last forever. The word of God's going to last forever. The Bible, Jesus said, my word will last forever. It will never pass away. And your soul, you're going to spend eternity in one place or another, either, either heaven or hell. You will last forever. And so you have to determine with your life, what am I going to do with my life? How am I going to make my life count? There used to be a commercial by the Peace Corps, and it said, it doesn't matter how long you live if you're not doing anything with your life. What are you doing with your life? I decided a long time ago, I'm going to invest my life for God's kingdom. See, we worry a lot about the duration, but not the donation. How are you donating your life for God? What are you doing with your life for God? You got, you got to be making your life count, doing something with it. The Bible tells us of the parable, Matthew 25. It says that God gave, or the master of the house gave each of the servants a, 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 a talent. He gave one five, another two, another one. The Bible says that the guy with five talent, he went out and he doubled that. 
He doubled that amount of money. Many of them think it was like five pieces of gold. He got that five pieces of gold. He invested it. He did something with it. And when the master of the house came back, he said, what have you done with the money that I gave you? He said, look, master, I doubled it. I made an investment. I did something with what you gave me. I did something with the talent and the ability that you gave me. And he went to the two and he said, what'd you do? I've doubled it, man. I, I, now, I, I now have more talent. I doubled the talent that you gave me. And then he went to the one. And he said, well, he goes, well, I buried your talent. I didn't do anything with what you gave me. I knew that it, you, you're a hard man. And so I, I, I just buried it and here's your talent back. And you know what the master of the, heart did, master of the house said to him? You wicked and slothful servant. You lazy servant. He said, you knew. If you knew that, why don't you at least invest it in the bank, at least collect some interest. But you went around and you did nothing with it. And, and basically, this is what Jesus is saying. He says, we're doing nothing with the talent and the ability that God put in our life. All of us have something to give to God. I said, all of us have something to give to God. <laughs> See, a lot of us this morning, we, we live our lives by what we intend to do. Why don't you do it right now? Well, next year I'll do this. Next year I'll join a class. Next year I'll be part of a connect group. You know, I'm going to get, you know, man, I'm going to start giving to God. I'm going to start tithing. I'm going to start doing this. So next year, I read this quote, do your giving while you're living, then you're knowing where you're going. I like that. The Bible talks about this. Second, Second Corinthians chapter 6, it says, right now God is ready to welcome you. Today he's ready to save you. Some of you right now, even your salvation, are you even right with God right now? Today is the day of salvation. Right now is your day, not tomorrow. And I'll end with this story in Luke chapter 12, verse 16 to 20. talks about a rich man. And again, God's not against riches. He's not against wealth. It's what you do with it. And it's nothing wrong with possessions as long as they don't possess you. And as long as God's involved in your life, there's nothing wrong with the good things in life as long as God's involved. But he talks about a foolish man, and he told a parable, Jesus said in Luke chapter 12. He goes, there, there, uh, there's, uh, the ground of a certain man produced good crops. In other words, it was an abundance of crops. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. I have no place to this great harvest. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns, and I'm going to build bigger ones. And there I will store all of my grain and all of my goods. And I will say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for you many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. How many people do you know like that? I'm just going to just live it up. I'm going to retire. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I got it all made. I'm going to live my life out and this and that. And, and, and this is Jesus that makes this statement. This is heavy. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get all that you have prepared for yourself? So everything you prepare, somebody else takes it. He said, you made all these plans, but you didn't put God in it. It was the I problem. It was the me problem. It was the I planet, the me planet. Uh, it's all about me. This is what I'm going to do. And God said, you're a fool. God calls him a fool. You forgot something very important. You forgot me to be a part of your life. And he goes, today your soul is going to be required. He wasted his life trying to accumulate all these things and never got God 
in the plan. You need to put God back in your plans this morning. I said we need to put God back into our plans this morning. The Bible says, I could have the worship team come up. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first. If you want to know the first thing to do with your life, Jesus answered it. Matthew chapter 6. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. That's what the Bible says. So when we seek God first, when we put him first, his righteousness, he'll bless us with the rest. Friend, again, hear what I'm saying. Make your plan, but make sure God's involved in that plan in your life today. I want us to bow our heads for just a moment. Maybe you're listening even online. Maybe you're sitting here today. I just want to say to all of you today, we need to put God first. If we are a people of faith, we need to live as people of faith. We need to say, God, you're involved in everything. Because there's a lot of people today, they say they're people of faith, but they live as if God does not exist. As if God's not involved in their life. They make all these plans, but God's not even a consideration in everything they do. They're missing an element in their life of putting God first. And James is saying, we ought to be saying, it's the Lord's will. God, are you pleased with this? And he said, you don't even know your life is brief, man. Your life is just but a moment. God, help us today. But if you're in this room right now, maybe someone invited you. Maybe you're listening to me online right now. I want to say to you, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. Not tomorrow. The present. The present is the gift right now. God's present to you is right now. He wants to come to your life right now. Don't put it off. Don't procrastinate. Don't say, you know, one day I'm going to get right with God. You know, I'm hearing what you're saying, Pastor. I'm going to consider that. Maybe when I come to church next week, maybe next year, maybe in a few months, I'm not ready. You need to come to God as you are right now. Let him change your life. Well, I'm going to get, I'm going to get ready. You can never get ready. You need to come to God as you are. And he'll change your life. So if you're in this room or you're online right now, I want to say to you that God loves you. And he's reaching out to you right now. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, but right now. The present. And the present and the gift to you is salvation. He wants to come into your life and save your soul, forgive you of your sin. All you have to do is invite him in your life today. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity. You're in this room. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Christian, praying quietly. If you want to receive Jesus in your life, you say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. I need Christ to come in my life right now. I need to take advantage of the present, not tomorrow. I need to stop procrastinating. Right now is your moment. Raise your hand. Say, that's me. I need the Lord in my life. Don't be embarrassed. I'm not here to shame anyone today. I want to give you an opportunity that I raised my hand one day, a number of years ago, and my life was completely changed. And so I want to encourage you today. Don't leave here without Jesus. Don't leave here without raising your hand to say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. If that's you, raise it up right now. You haven't raised it up. Amen. Why don't we all bow our heads um, and, and pray this prayer. You guys came forward right now. Repeat this prayer. Don't say it to me, but say it to God. Say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me and you rose again. I ask you, Lord, Come in my heart. Forgive me of my sin. 
change my life. From this day forward, I will serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray for them. Father, we thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Come on, pray for them right now. Why don't we stand? We want to say goodbye to those in our online that are watching. God bless you. Thank you for watching. If you need any more information, just let us know. Send a text or make a comment there. God bless you today. And we're going to worship God today. And you know, as we do that this morning, if you feel like, you know what, I need to put God in my plans. I've made a lot of plans. I've had a, I have a lot of goals. Man, God bless you. Thank you for having goals. Thank you for planning. Thank you for th thinking of your future. But don't forget God. God has to be in your plan. Even in your career choices. Even in your business choices. Even with your family. You need to make sure God's in that plan. That you're just not making plans on your own. They say, oh, I'm just going to move here. I'm just going to do this. And God's not even considered at all in what you're doing. You need to make sure to put God in those plans today. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount. Or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.